folks back here with uh dan coffee the one and only how you doing dan just fine thank you how are you pretty good i've been wanting to get you on the podcast for a while so happy to happy to have you here well you got me so you said you have fire a, away you said you have a meeting coming up at two thirty, right you got something something yeah. pretty 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 secret the meeting isn't secret the topics are probably uh relatively have become have to be held relatively close to the vest so it's the uh, eight, you're on the eight board of the AGDC, right? Yeah, the Alaska Gasline Development Corporation. Yes. So th- this executive session, I'm not I'm not, not allowed to come in with you, right? <laughs> well, uh, no, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, like I said, I've been wanting to get you on the podcast for a while. I want to talk about um, let's go way back in time. So recently, I, I learned you told me you were ado- you were adopted. Yeah, I was six days old and adopted, and my mother picked me up on the twelfth floor of the Smith Tower in Seattle, Washington, where apparently I was born. And by the way, if you didn't know, the Smith Tower used to be the tallest building west of the Mississippi. So what year? What year was that? 1946. Wow. 40, so you're, you'd be considered a boomer, right? I'd be consumed. Be, the beginning of the boomers was me. So you were raised here in Anchorage? Oh yeah. Wow. I got here when I was six days. So old. you. So you were. Let's see. You were 10 and 56, 20 and 60. So you were. You were here for for the statehood. For the what? Statehood. Yeah, well, yeah, we watched them burn the first pile of 49 tons of lumber. That you, you were there for the bonfire? Well, we were there for both of them. We saw the first one that shouldn't have been set, and then we saw the one they replaced it with, and we were there for the night it burned, yes. When I was in uh, UAA in, in school, I, I studied history. And you know Stephen Haycox? Rings a bell. Prof- a history professor, a long-time um, professor there. But he had this picture on his on his door of, of the bonfire. Yeah. And I, I always thought, I asked one day, I asked, what is that? You know, and I... I learned what it was, and I'd always kind of wish I could have, because that looked like a real party. Yeah, Bill Bittner and I were two of the people who were on the park strip the night that the legitimate fire took place, right after we were accepted by the country as the 49th state. This is Bill Bittner, the, the lawyer? Yeah, Bill Bittner, the lawyer. Oh, I know his son, John. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know I know John and, and his other son. Oh, well, he's got two sets of children. He's been married twice. So what was it like? I mean... Must have been such a different place growing up here in Anchorage, you know, in this 50s. It was a small town, and it was, you know, I remember things that, well, I took my wife up and down H Street and G Street between 10th and 15th and counted 23 kids who lived in houses along those two, that five-block stretch of, of houses. So this is where we are right now. Is this, what was this right now? They're in Spinard. Not much. <laughs> it was outside the city limits. That's one thing it was. Spinard used to be its own town, city or something, or its own jurisdiction? Well, you know, I think it was wild and free in the EEZ kind of place. I don't think it was incorporated at all. And the borough came along, what, I forget when, but a long time afterwards. And there wasn't much in Spinard at all. I've done a few podcasts with uh, Mike Gordon. Oh, yeah, yeah Mike's a delightful just, guy. Just wrote a book, um, but we talked about his time in the, I guess he was in the borough assembly. Yeah, and the city and assembly. The city, yes, yeah, he, was, he served both, yeah. So we were talking about back uh, when they were kind of drawing, plotting Anchorage, zoning Anchorage. He said there was this huge fights about who wanted what zoned, commercial or presidential or oh, whatever. Sure, yeah. He said it was like every t- every meeting there was a big fight about it. Yeah, there was. And, but but you know what? They got through it. And then we got unification. Yeah, he was said the, uh, there was one big thing with the A Street and C Street and the Teamsters. There was some big fight about the- I don't know all the details of that, but Mike was very, very much involved in the city and and— he always put 
he always put the city or the borough, depending on who he was elected to, he always put them first and foremost. He, he was a straight shooter and a, and a good guy and worked hard. So you grew up here in Anchorage, and then at some point you decided you went to school, but then you went to, you went to law school, right? Yeah, I went to college first, and then I went to high school before that, and before that I was in okay. school in Canada. So, so where'd you go to? Where'd you go to undergrad? Here or out of state? No, I went to uh, Pomona College in in Claremont, California, which is outside of in the L.A. Bowl. And you told me you went to law school in, in San Diego, right? I did. That's where I was born. Balboa, I know Balboa yeah. Naval Hospital. Oh yeah. So okay, after you finished, did you come back to Alaska right away, or did you stay in? Yeah, right away. I couldn't wait to get back. I had clerked. The previous two summers for Wendell Kay, a very famous trial lawyer, and I came back home in uh, in uh, it was early '75. I graduated at, at two and a half years. I worked hard and took more classes than was the minimum, and and finished in two and a half years. And I came home in like January of '75. Yes, took so, the bar. Mary Hughes and I took the bar together. We both had correcting selectrics and typed the bar. We were the only two who did. And we both passed, and the rest is history. So this is like right in the middle of the pipeline boom. Yeah, just beginning, 75, 76. It just really started. Did you do any? Were you involved in that at all, or were you just doing No, I law? was working for Wendell Kay and, Kay, uh, and Jim Christie and Sandy Seville, Bittner's ex-wife. And, you know, I was working for uh, those people and basically carrying Wendell Kay's books. My, my- I was... I was an associate and a young pup and didn't know a damn thing about the law, but Wendell took me under his wing, and I learned a hell of a lot from that guy. Mike was telling me back in the 70s in Anchorage, it was a pretty wild and crazy place. A lot of drinking, yeah, a lot but of it money. Was, oh, well, we were, you know, there was like five men for every one woman and things like that. It was a frontier town for the year, and the military was a huge presence in our town. I remember seeing the MPs patrolling Fourth Avenue when I was a young kid. Oh, wow. Well... The trouble was the young men who had been drafted into the army and, and were looking for adventure on Fourth Avenue, and it was the longest bar in the world. That's uh, what they called if it. I, if I go back in time um, to any place in history, there's a lot of things I want to see. But I think being in Alaska in the '70s would have been a good, good yeah, time. It was. It was an exciting. It's always been kind of an exciting place. You know, we're the only thing we really have up here is resources. You know, and it, it's. It's critical to our economy that we develop and, and, and utilize our natural resources, and that's fish and timber and, uh, you know, oil and gas and so on and so forth. All of those things, that's the only reason this state can run is because we have those kinds of resources. So you've talked you've talked to, when you ran for mayor, and I've heard you before talk about how you've been sober for a long time. Were you, were you drinking back then, or when, when did you get, you have the story where you... 1978, January 10th, 1978. You haven't had a drink since then? No. Wow. So what? What? Why? Why'd you? What happened? How'd I was you... drinking your share, and I couldn't continue. <laughs> and you just what? Was there a moment? Or what? <laughs> yeah, just... there was a moment. I was out at a bar with a friend of mine who subsequently got sober, and <clears throat> pardon me, <clears throat> I'm not used to talking so much. Uh, I am. So I know. <laughs> and I was out at a place, and I went up. It was after dinner, so I was a sophisticated drinker, and I went out and bought a Kahlua and cream from the bartender. That's a good uh, drink. Yeah, it was, and I picked it up, and I started to walk back to the, one of them smaller pool tables where Greg and I were playing pool, and on my way back, I heard this, well, Dan, here you go again. I heard oh. that, I, and there was nobody in the room that said it. I heard it right on the right side of my head. That's where I point when I heard it. Like a voice. 
Yeah, and I've come to believe it was a higher power who I choose to call God, and I think God was giving me a warning. And he was right. I continued to drink till 5 a.m. when they closed the bar, and I was too hungover the next day to go to AA, but I went to AA the day after, and I've been sober ever since, and that was January 10th. So was that, 40? It's over 40 years. Yeah, it'll be 42 in January. Wow, that's incredible. So, I think so. It's No, it's a miracle is what I consider it. So were you, were you, drinking, a, were you drinking a lot? Like every yeah, day, I was every, drinking a lot. Every, every day drinker or just on the <laughs> oh, weekends? Or? I don't remember specifically, but I drank too much. A lot. Well, good for you. For it's, me. It's a, I think a lot of people struggle with that and they can't Well, stop. of course they do. And the old timers used to say, well, I crawled out of a dumpster and you're just a high bottom drunk. And I said, yeah, I'm also smarter than you because I didn't have to crawl out of a dumpster. <laughs> they so, didn't like that. So so I know you were you, a while back on the assembly. At what point did you decide, oh, I want to be in politics? Well, I had been in local politics, involved in it for, for years because I represented the uh, liquor industry. Edna Cox, former owner of the Great Alaska Bush Company, Oh, hired, right, right. Yeah, shared. so I know I know Dawn over there. and Yeah, I know. Yeah. A, a big, no, it's her grandkids running it. Grandson's running it. And Edna was a wonderful, wonderful woman. And I remember the night she called me and said, you know, can you come down and see me tonight about 7, 7.30? And, you know, she ran a strip joint in the, you know, it was at night. And Was that it, when it was downtown or what did yeah, it? Yeah, no, downtown. It's now a daycare center. I always get a kick out of that. <laughs> <laughs> really? Really? That day? The daycare center used to be the Bush Company? Yes, yeah, now a daycare center. Oh it's about it's on East Fifth, about I think about Cordova or Denali, something like that. And uh there was a a big black guy who was the bouncer in the you know, at the door and he let me in and knew I was coming and he when you went into Edna's office it was downstairs. There's a full basement under the under the one that's on the avenue. And you went down the flight of stairs, turned around, turned, you know, as you're coming down to the right and got to the landing and then you went down to Edna's office. <coughs> the ladies' dressing room was directly across from the landing. Only there were no door. There was just a bunch of chairs. Did you see any ladies when you went in there? Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> she had a lot of good-looking ladies. And so I stood on the on the stoop for probably an hour and a half. Kidding, of course. <laughs> I went on down and sat in a room with Edna. And behind her desk was a credenza, probably 10 feet long. And this is pipeline days. And it was full of money, just bills, paper, currency, stacked, stacks and stacks. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. And so we talked, and finally she said, well, Dan, will you be my lawyer? I said, Edna, you had me at the landing, <laughs> and I worked for her until she died. So she, she didn't um, at that point have a lawyer, or she need, needed a lawyer for— Well, I had won a case that had she had heard about, and she was— I guess I didn't ask who her lawyer was. I just wanted to get hired. So, so, so you, how long you represented the Bush Company for all all the years until Jack? Well, even when Jack came along, and and Jack was as dumb as his mother was smart, and uh, spoiled, rotten. Oh my God! So, how long were you doing that for with the Bush Company? Well, I think probably the last thing I did was sometime in the last four four or five years ago. It's running clean. There's no problems. Her grandson knows how to run the business without creating problems. Her kid did nothing but create problems. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of them. We, we've done a, I don't know if you saw, um, you probably didn't see the video, but uh, last year, Forrest Dunbar had, he had made a Facebook post and um, oh, yeah? of this food truck, Kay's Kitchen. Yeah. And he said, oh, Kay's Kitchen, it's in East Anchorage here. And, you know, he, he posts on his Facebook, he goes, you know, norm normally it's uh, apparently parked at the Bush Company, which is which explains why I've never seen it before. 
And I kind of said, oh, you know what? This is fucking, this is bullshit. So I went over to Bush and I know some of the dancers and I, and, and I talked to Don and I said, look, this guy did this thing. I said, let's do a video where we have a bunch of the dancers invite Forrest to come to the Bush company. Right. And, and they, she agreed. And we came over there and they, they don't let people film there very often. So we came early on a, a weekday at seven o'clock and we made this video and you know, all these dancers are, hey, yeah, yeah. Forrest, come see us. We employ people. We're a business, you know, all these different things. And it was really, so that, after that, like they, they did loved, he come? I don't think he's been over yet. No, I don't, I don't think he stopped well, by. It, yeah. But he's running for mayor now and it's a really established business. It empl- I mean, there's 60 or 70 women that work there and other pe- bartenders. And, 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 oh, yeah. and But then they have a huge list of people that women that want to come work. Yeah. So really, it's, it's, I didn't know. Well, it's good, good tips, good yeah. money. Well, and they make really good money. I mean, they yeah, make and really Edna good money. Edna always played it straight. She was the only one. And I, when you're doing representing like Edna, then you know what other clubs are doing and stuff, right? She was absolutely above board. She paid her girls. She prohibited hooking, which didn't stop it, but certainly mm-hmm. kept it. Well, there was that one a couple of years ago, that one um, where they were bringing in those women illegally, right? Was it the showboat? What was that? Uh, yeah, that was, uh, oh, God. Remember the place on East Fifth Avenue? Yeah, yeah, now they, that's a oh, shell. There, there was fantasies, Terry, too. Fantasies. Stallman. Yeah, but it wasn't fantasies. Oh, it was uh, sh- Terry sh- Stallman. Sh- sh- yeah, he sh- had the one that was the... Was that Showboat or was that... Um, yeah, Showboat. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, Is he still living? I don't... You know, I was talking about... Because I used to play poker, underground poker. Oh, yeah? For, and I was a dealer for years years ago here and. Um, I had met statute him. of limitations is run right. Uh, I don't really care. People know about <laughs> it, but I had met him through some people, and he, he had a game over there at that hotel by the the Merrill Field. Yeah, and there was some. It was kind of a shady game. I never went over. I think I might have played there once or twice, but a friend of mine was dealing there, and and no one to this day knows what happened. But these guys came with masks and guns, and they robbed the game, and and it was it was for a while. People thought that it was like he robbed his own game. Oh <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't be. But who, know, who knows what happened? Well, isn't he? Has he died? Now? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I used to see. He's him not at, around anymore. I used to be a doorman at the Captain Cook. Oh yeah. And, and this is back in '06 when I got back from yeah '06, and I was a doorman, and and uh, he used to always show up, and he'd he'd uh, go to work out in the club there with yeah. his, and he'd always park his car on the loop, you know, the cap the, where you go park at the Captain Cook on Fourth yeah. Avenue. Yeah, yeah. He'd always park his car in there and give me a twenty dollar bill and say, "Watch my car." So that's how I first met the guy. Yeah. Definitely a character. Well, he was definitely a character. Very but, much a character. But you yeah. might want to use the word shady in front of the word character. You know, he was. He uh, was. But uh, I did. I I never worked for Terry because I couldn't ever trust him. He, he called me for stuff, and I'd talk to him on the phone. But I couldn't work for so, him because you got to be able to know that he's telling you what really is happening because you can't represent somebody if you don't know what they're really doing. So, what kind of work did you do for the book? I mean, just what kind of legal work was it? Like employee oh, stuff or. Did, every kind of thing under the sun you know when we moved when she moved to the bush company on international airport road i was right there with her the whole time and and a whole bunch of laws got changed after we were successful in getting it approved as a country western bar it's a great i mean it's iconic i mean everybody who's lived here or been here i mean you've either been there or you know about it oh sure everybody it's a great alaska bush company and then they had that one in Arizona. The one in Arizona yeah, is still there, was, but I think they sold it, right? That was that was Jack's idea. Edna didn't like that idea, and it went broke. He could never get a liquor license because he came in like he was entitled. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you what. You walk into a strange town, you don't know anybody, and you pretend that you're entitled to get what you want, what you want, and you're, and you're an asshole about it. Mm-hmm. Well... You don't get it, and he never got it. So, so what? What was Edna's story? Was she was she from here? Or did she move here? How'd she start the Bush well, Company? Well, her earliest story was you remember where the Cusack's uh, old hotel was? No. 
Sure you do. They tore it down and the fangs on it now on between Northern Lights and Benson on. Oh, oh, the Northern Lights. Yeah, that's yeah, thing. the Northern yeah, yeah, Lights. Yeah, yeah. Edna sure. had that. What was it called before that? I don't remember. But but she and her husband had it together. He died young. I mean, you know, she was like this is in the '60s, and she he died, and she what was. What happened? In, I don't know. I, I mean, I can't remember exactly. He cancer, I think it was. But he, but he was Edna was just maybe forty at the time and you know this is that's what that's a long time ago mm-hmm. and maybe she was even younger than that but she managed that hotel and they ha- happened to have a couple of fires over time which hurt things and then she she she'd established the bush club in like 70 something late 70s must have been, it must have done with that pipeline money it must have just been boom oh, back yeah. then booming I, I, well, I, I know people that used to run um, underground, some of the old timers from cart when I was playing poker, they run uh, underground poker games or, or dice yeah. games you know, in Anchorage. And I mean, they were saying the money that was they were pulling in was just nuts. Oh yeah, there was one in the trailer park off of Arctic and uh, and uh, oh south, not south of Tudor. What's the next one south of Tudor? It's a big so- street. Uh, anyway, there was a, there was a, a oh, Dowling or huh? Do- no, whatever. It doesn't matter. That's not part of the story. But he was in that trailer park. Uh, just to the north of Tudor, and he had a game all the time, and it was a it was a legit, you know. I mean, it, it wasn't it was illegal because it was gambling, and he mm-hmm. was he was the house, but it was a straight game. You could go in and play, and there wasn't you know people didn't cheat, steal, lie, steal. Oh yeah, money. No, I heard a bunch of stories about. Um, there was this guy George, a Greek guy, and Tina. They had a game, and there was yeah, yeah. whole under. I mean, tables and blackjack, and, well, I mean, and Perry Green would be uh-huh. there on occasion and stuff like that. I can't remember this guy's name. He's been dead for thirty years, twenty five, thirty years. So, so were you were you practicing law on your own at the time? You had your own firm, or you were I left with? the firm when Wendell died in nineteen eighty six, and I went on my own. So, so how much of I mean, was the Bush cut? Was that a big part of your business, or did you have a lot of clients? Or was oh, I had a lot of clients. Well, I, I've. I was talking to another lawyer here recently, and I said, you know, I just can't believe it. We probably got 60% of the liquor business in the state. He said, are you nuts? You got 90% of this. (laughs) And I started to think about it. And, you know, you go to an ABC board meeting, and we've got, you know, half a dozen or more matters in front of them every meeting, you know. And, and, you know, so-and-so shows up once every year and a half, and somebody else shows up once in a while. But we're there all the time. It's so funny how it's kind of ironic that you got sober and then not all your business, you know, so much of your business is liquor industry. Yeah. Well, there's always a lot of irony in this world, isn't there? It's true. So were you, I'm sure you were following this recent thing with Erica McConnell. They, they, the board removed, the both boards, marijuana board and alcohol removed her. Well, um, of course. She, she, I first heard of her, her about a year and a half ago during the, the Alpenglow, the ski area issue. Yeah. Which I thought was just ridiculous. I, yes, I that's why it. she didn't last. And then there was there fought. was more. There was state oh. fair, and there was the um, bowl, the bowling. Here, here's where I figured out. Here's here's when I knew this is going to really be a fucking problem. When when they took away the liquor or the beer and wine license it wasn't from, a, from the bowling alley yeah. in Juneau, yes. which is where all the fucking staff and legislators go to bowl on Thursdays. Yeah, so, Sherman was you know it, my partner Sherman Ernoff. You know him. I, I know who it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sherman clerked for Tim Kelly when he was a senator, and then he worked for Maestrom when Maestrom was mayor. And then Tim Rogers introduced us, but but when this when this Taku Bowl thing came up, Sherman said, "You know that, that that's suicide. It, it, it is the it is probably one of the dumbest political moves I've ever witnessed because it's like literally every single person who makes decisions 
in our state, whether it be you know legislators or staff yeah. or people that have a lot of influence in the process, go and I've been there because I was in Juneau last session. Yeah, and, and you go there and you play bowl, you bowl and you have a beer. Yeah, and it, or a glass of wine and it's it's fun. Yeah, and people were fucking pissed oh. when that happened. Well, of course, and rightly so. She had no judgment, and she was a bureaucrat's bureaucrat. I worked with her when I was on the Planning and Zoning Commission and then later on the Assembly on Title 21. And I knew if she ever got her mitts on it and controlled it, it would be a mess. I mean, what, guess, what, what was the, the crux? I mean, there was also the um, the, the, the distilleries issue. So, uh, so what, 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 I mean, what's her, is it just she, she has an agenda or she reads something literally? She, or Here's what Erica did. She worked real hard. She had a very difficult job. She probably worked 60 hours a week. Number number two, she's very, she would, detail-oriented. She would know everything. Number three, she didn't understand that the nature of the job is service to the people who own and operate liquor licenses. And you only go after people who are breaking the law or way out of bounds in some fashion or another. She turned it around to being this bureaucratic nightmare where if you didn't cross your T's or dot your I's, your uh-huh. application would be rejected. I had one woman call me. She said, my dad owned this bar before me, and now I own it, and I've filed three applications with my diagram that were just like it was 40 years ago, and they reject it every time. What am I going to do? They won't give me my license. They've accepted that diagram, which has to be filed every two years. It had been identical for 40 years, and Erica decided... It wasn't good enough Why? anymore. Well, it didn't have the cross streets on it. Didn't have a compass. You know what a compass thing yeah, looks yeah. like on a map. This is north, that's mm-hmm. south. I asked her, "Why do they, Why do you want to have a compass on there?" She said, "Well, it's real simple. If you go to a town and there's no streets or addresses, how are you ever going to find the liquor establishments?" So for the enforcement guys, I said, "Ask the first person they see, and they'll know where the bar about, or where the liquor store is." How about Google? <laughs> Well, Google the thing. It was just, know, see, it was, but she's was a bureaucrat, and she wouldn't stop. I urged her for a year and a half, Erica, stop this. It's well, it's and then not the, necessary. I, I think the bowling with bowling one was a very specific example. But then there was a state fair. Oh, yeah. that, that I think. Well, I mean, the it's like you go to the fair, you want a beer. Literally on the day that she got fired by the marijuana board, the. Uh, staff, the investigators were in there threatening the pack over a practice that's existed. They've been doing for 35 years. I mean, my, my, my philosophy on, on government being the performing arts center. Right, right. My, my philosophy on, on government is, is, you know, you need to have rules and you need to have regulations. And you need to enforce, you know, people stop people from breaking the rule. But it's it's not the government's job to, to be overly burdensome and onerous and make people just like you're talking about just suffer who want yeah. to do business. Yeah. That's, she was she made people suffer and wouldn't listen. And she also did the same thing with Title 21, which was adopted and has they're still working on it after 20, 18 years. It's 18 years. They're is still it, fixing it. Is this the one that the hardcore cons- conservatives are talking about? It's the uh, UN, the you know, the UN deal to make people move out of their, you know limit their house sizes and all these things. Oh, yeah, that, that, yeah, and increase the cost of housing in Anchorage. I remember when they were talking about it, it was all these really kind of right-wing people. It was like, the United Nations is here to, you know, take, know take away. Oh, it was, oh it, was, it was a big, it was a thing. Yeah. Um, no, the thing is, is that you, if you're a regulatory agency, you, you need to focus on the things that really matter. Sales to minors, you know, dealing cocaine out of their marijuana facility, those mm-hmm. kinds of things, not nitpicky things. 
of 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 inconsequential nature. You don't lower the boom and start, you know, revoking licenses and stuff for minor infractions. You straighten them out is what you do. Yeah, that's, it was well. Well, do, she's gone now. Do they have somebody? Klinghart. Uh, right, Klinghart. Klinghart. Yeah, well, Glenn I, Klinghart. I've called him and offered my assistance if he needs it in any way to talk about the things that need to be done there. Well, he should, he should talk to you. Uh, he hasn't called me back yet, but I understand he's over. He's probably overwhelmed. You know, it's a big oh, deal. I'm sure it's, yeah, a lot, lot going on. And what does he know about it to begin with? Well, he was a detective, wasn't he? So he probably yeah. knows a little well, bit about that. Oh, he's not a bad guy. He was a good cop, too. But, you know, there's a learning curve for anything, right? So he, he's... I was waiting guy. for the call, but they never called me. For the, I, well, still, well still that's because he arrested you three <laughs> times, didn't he? <laughs> never been arrested. Nope, never nope. been arrested. You haven't? Well, nope. they just haven't ne- lived. Never even been in a jail cell. Well, just, that'll just change. Story. Don't worry. I know, I, I, <laughs> so when when did no, when, you were on the assembly? What what year were you? What, you were two terms, right? Two terms. What years were you? I think it was oh three to uh, 09. Because I remember I moved here in oh four, and then I got involved in politics. I don't know ways after. Well, that's that. when that, we met. That's why I first met after you got here. Right? Well, that's yeah. why I first met you on uh, the assembly. Yeah, yeah. so I'd follow you and. Yeah. The, and I was president of the community council as well. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd forgotten that. Yeah. So. Well, you were downtown, wasn't it? Downtown? No, Midtown. Taco, Midtown. Yeah, Taco Campbell. Well, that was my neck of the woods. Yeah. So you. the other thing is you ran for mayor there in 15, which, yeah. which I, I remember. And then the, the, the best part about that was, I know you lost, but the best part was when you lost, you came back to an assembly meeting for some reason and you had this epic beard. And and at the time, if you I don't know if you're on Twitter, but someone took a picture and there was a it was hashtag coffee beard and everybody was like talking about it like oh yeah. my because you look like Moses a little bit. Well, remember my generation doesn't know about hashtags or Twitter or or well, Farter uh, or whatever uh, else they've got out there. <laughs> it was definitely a, a topic of discussion. Well, so. I've been here for you know 73 years and practicing law for this is my 45th year. So, and you get notoriety. Name ID, name recognition, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And what I found is that uh, apparently I'm far more off-putting than I always thought of myself as being. And I don't know if what it is, if it's just because I'm arrogant or because I have opinions and I'm happy to share them with you, whether well, you I, like them or not. I, I know about the second part. I definitely have a lot of opinions. And yeah. I think a lot of people feel that about me. You know, they don't, you share your opinion and some people don't like it. And then they, they don't, you know, they don't like you after that. Well, that's right. And that's kind of silly. Just disagree, but don't be disagreeable. I've always sort of subscribed to that. So when you ran, it was the big, it was you, Amy Domboski, Andrew Halcrow, Ethan Berkowitz. Yeah. Guess who won? Uh, well, we know Ethan won. Well, uh, we know who lost. We, the people of Anchorage and Dembowski and Coffee lost. So it was... The, Halcrow's incapable the, of losing or winning. <laughs> <laughs> It was interesting because there was basically three, you know, you, Amy, and Andrew kind of on the, you know, the conservative type. Yeah. And then you have Ethan kind of yeah. by himself. And then Amy ended up winning and then her campaign kind well, of imploded. If you came from Eagle River was, was should have been an area that I took. But there were very, very, very conservative people. Not everywhere in Eagle River, but many, many. Probably the most conservative district in Anchorage. And she captured almost all of the, of the votes from... Uh, the folks who lived out there, mm-hmm. you know, I call them the the blue tarp gang, you know. So, so do you, I mean, do you attribute, how much do you attribute, I, I remember that letter, there was a, wasn't there a yeah, letter? Yeah, yeah, I was... had written, a, well, no, my lawyer had written a letter 
because they were uh, to the radio station, to the broadcaster, uh-huh. saying saying it before something to the effect that if uh, if you want to talk to Coffee about what happened with regard to this, that, and the other thing, please give a call. And there were some he made. I didn't. The problem was I didn't read it. I just trusted him to do it. And he basically threatened to yeah, sue the radio kind of a, stations a, a if you did yeah. something else. And I thought. I would no more sue these people than the world. And, of course, he apologized for saying it. But then it's too late. It's out there in the public domain. So, so it was, cost, I was going to win that race until that happened. So why, why did you I mean, why did you run for mayor then? What was the main reasons you were running for mayor? Well, there's a lot of things that need fixing. Do you, do you think in the last, I guess, five years they've gotten worse? What about the homelessness? I mean, that's something you've been working on, right? Yeah. What about it? Well, I mean, it's. Well, is, here's is, the is, is, is it getting worse? I mean, it seems to me it's 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 visually getting worse. And yes. we did a vi- I shouldn't, did you watch our video we made? Yeah. We made this video. Here's what, here's what our city looks like, I think, was the title. This is Anchorage. Oh, okay, this but, is what Anchorage looks yeah, like. Yes, but I remember you showing me tons of garbage. Yeah, well, it was, that's yeah. how it started. We, I was out, a friend of mine was on a trail and he saw this kind of old camp and it was just totally just full of trash. Yeah. And we did this video. And, and I've been here 15 years. Um, and it's definitely visibly when you look around worse, but I mean, the question is, is it, is it actually, are there more people that are homeless or, and it seems like th- there is, but I don't, it, it definitely seems like it's a growing problem. For, there's three for, kinds. There's the three. There's, there's the uh, families that are homeless and generally that's an economic circumstance, not, I mean, there's drugs and alcohol undoubtedly involved, but it's. I, and I don't think you see them as much. No, you don't. You don't see Catholic them. social services has 400 homes that they put people in. That's why they got the five million dollar grant from Bezos, Amazon. Mm-hmm, I saw right? that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good news, because they will be able to provide more housing for those. There's two other, three other types of people that are homeless. There's mentally ill. There's drug addicted, and there's the people who prey on them. And there, oh, there's actually four because there's some people who just like to live in the woods. I was gonna. I totally agree. I mean, that that's what I know from doing the video last the summer. I totally agree. I mean, there's there's a mental health issue or element. There's um, uh, there's um, a, a drug, you know, element of it. There's people that just t- tell you that we want to be out here. We, no. they're, they're, I don't think they're, they probably have something going on just to choose to live out there. And then you have, there's this criminal element that goes and preys and they steal That's bikes right. and they steal property and they're turning some of these camps into almost kind of chop shops. Arm camps, yeah, right. or whatever. And, and yeah. some of them have weapons and knives and machetes and... Guns. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, the, the... What's, I mean, what, this is the problem. There, there's... People always say, "What's the solution?" And, and well, the, the, the honest answer is, "It's it's no easy solution because if it was an easy solution, they would have solved it by now." Right? Well, you have to pay attention to it, and the Berkowitz administration has done nothing for four and a half years, so we don't expect anything out of them. But the the idea is, is there's first of all, you have to be able to. There has to be a coercion, coercive element in there, and that is that our code prohibits camping in these kinds of places and makes it a Class A misdemeanor. Class A misdemeanor means you can serve, be sentenced to one year in jail for, for doing what they're doing. So what you do, and that's just part of it. Then, then you have to identify the, the, the nature of the problem and the people that are involved in it. I'm told that there's some three to 400 who are mentally ill, just sick. Uh-huh. There's a larger number uncounted who are uh, drunks. And that's a form of mental illness, but they're they're talking about them in two different things. So then there's those that prey on them, like you talked about, and those that just like to live out in the woods for some very strange reason, but they're capable of doing things. So we've got Cliff Row, 38 acres, out at the end of the 
International Airport Road, past the high, past uh, the airport, past the sewage treatment plant, 38 acres out there, and we've got 14 acres down at the old Alaska Native Service Hospital site, both of which could be used for housing people that are in need of, of treatment, a need of uh, a place to stay, and so on. There's nothing like that. Nothing has happened there since Berkowitz got elected. So, I mean, to, to be fair, this problem didn't start under... Would you say it's gotten worse? Well, of course it's gotten worse. I, I think when someone takes over, whether it's a governor or a mayor, I think, you know, they have essentially, if they inherit a problem, I think they have a year. But after that, then it's, then it's their problem. Yeah, it's four and a half years. So in this case, it's much more than a year. Well, Berkowitz hasn't done anything, if you think about it. The so, assembly runs the runs the show, and Berkowitz is very... Well, he's, they, they, he's they, a non-mayor is they, what he is. They have that Nancy Burke homeless coordinator, and they have some people. But I've been to some of those meetings when we were making that video. And for, from having very little you know, involvement in this issue, going out there to these camps, talking to folks, and then going to that homeless um, task force meeting, to me, my, my initial impression was there was such a disconnect from what they were saying in the meeting and what is actually happening. You're right. I, I was just, it was, it was amazing how... Too disconnected those two things were, in, in my view, from, from you know having not a lot of involvement in this. Well, well, I've talked to a lot of people about what I believe is a way in which to, to do it, and, and, and it basically involves you know enforcing the law, making it safer for people who like to do things in, you know, in, around our town and not have to confront that kind of problem. And there's, there's ways in which you can address the problem, which are both effective and humane, and it's surprising how many people agree that the nature of the the coercive nature of it is a, an essential part of it. You you can't camp in the parks. What did Berkowitz do? Berkowitz went and visited the campers on the park street. Yeah, yeah, well. I mean, this guy is a. I don't get this guy. Of course, then I think about who his friends were, including Andrew Halcrow, who's another lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andrew's the head of the AC. The no, AC. he's not. Well, it's his job, no, right? he's the he's executive the, director. The director of the ACDA, yeah, right? But he's, the good news is, is at least there's smart people on there that don't listen to Andrew <laughs> because nobody listens to Andrew, who's got, including his father, which is why he was only a lot boy out at, at, at Avis. <laughs> you get the impression you're not a big fan of Mr. <laughs> Mr. Elkrow. <laughs> oh, he called me every name in the book. He called me a liar, a cheat, a, a, every name you in know, the look, book. Think, yeah, no, you, uh, a, I, look, looking back, that was kind of, there was a bit of a, yeah. I, he's an idiot. <laughs> He really and truly is. He's one of those people who thinks he's smart, and he's dumb enough to think he's smart. And I'm, you're, I'm not. I'm. I'm maybe okay, but I'm no whiz bang smart guy. But I can see practical solutions to real problems, mm-hmm. and Andrew has no concept of that. And you are a great podcast material. I, I, oh, I, I'm loving it. Most most people don't ever tell you what they really think, so you're you're one of the few. Well, maybe that's why I didn't win. So do you, <laughs> do you, well, not nowadays with Trump, you never know. I mean, things have changed a lot. So. Yeah. Well, maybe I should run yeah. again. The only problem is, is that I'm losing my mind. So what's the point? <laughs> uh, not sure I'd say that. I hey, am. Do, do, you, do you plan? Do you plan? I, I'm not as sharp as I used to be. Do you plan on running for anything again, or, or no? Yeah, I'm going to run for California and play golf three months out of the year. <laughs> do you have a place down there? Or do you, uh-huh. Where at? Palm Springs. A lot of Alaska. A lot of Alaskans have places. Someone told me I was on the plane. Oh, I, just one thing. Eighty-five percent of the ones who have places in Palm Springs are clients of mine. Well, I was on the plane a few weeks ago, fly, flying. Um, where was I going? Seattle, and uh, I was sitting next to Dave Ramser oh, yeah. and his wife, and they were going down Ramser, there. Yeah. And I was talking about how many people I know. You know, uh, Perry Green goes down there. Yeah. Eddie from Eddie Sports Bar goes down there. Yeah. And and he he was saying you go to like um, 
the grocery store or the hardware store in Palm Springs, and you're like, oh, hey, you, are, you see all these Alaskan people. Yeah, you do. And, and during the winter. Well, Palm Springs in the summer has about 300,000 permanent year-round residents. And in the winter, there's a million people there. So they're either Americans or Canadians or illegals coming across the border to work for the Anglos. Wow. So so you go down for the winter or for a few After months? After the first of the year, I got grandkids. I don't want to be here for Christmas. Wow. I have to come down and maybe I'll come down and visit you. We can play a little You'd golf. You'd be more than welcome to do I that. I don't really. I, 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 start, I went to Vegas a few weeks ago, a month ago with some friends, and I don't really golf. I want to start golfing because I, I need to learn. But we went to. It's uh, a great game. We went to Top Golf. You ever been to that? Oh, no. It's just out. So basically, it's just. Uh, multi-level thing oh i've you, been to one of those in seattle yeah so yeah. and then they have a big range and there's like yeah, different yeah. games and you the ball you know you can yeah, different yeah. clubs it's a big and, deal and three it was, stories high yeah huge and, stuff, and yeah. there's they food and drinks and all that yeah, it was great everything. and and i've never really golfed a little bit when i was younger so um the the best feeling was i was my friend was kind of helping me with my stroke and i kept miss, missing the ball and you try to swing hard and that's the you should not swing hard that's funny how it's the opposite of what yeah. you think but but at one point i actually connected with the fucking thing and i hit the ball really far and yeah. that was that well, was you're, pretty you're healthy and strong and so on but you see you're supposed to be able to hit it really far every time well i believe <laughs> I, so i was i was working so i was doing the different the, way, the different clubs and then i got yeah. it's funny i i um it's i need to get better but i was hitting it farther with not the driver you know with like the wet the 5 or the 7 or I was not, a, you won't. Well, then you couldn't hit a driver because a seven would never carry. Well, but I, I was having a problem connecting with the driver. I was sure. I was connecting better with the the, the, yeah. the iron one. So I don't yeah. know. I got I got to practice. But it's well, when you hit it really good. Yeah, man, it's pretty. Well, and 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 the, it's a rhythm. You know, you got to have your rhythm, and you got to and you got to have a smooth swing, and you and you get. Well, it's just a very difficult game. I mean, you're trying to hit a little ball like this. You know, off of the tee. It depends on your age. You know, I'm trying now to hit it 200 yards with a good one. I used to be able to hit it 250, 270 when I was younger and mm-hmm. stronger. And I played on the on the high school golf team down in Seattle when I was at Lakeside. And, and uh, I played golf. Well, my dad, Fred Burden, uh, Fred, oh, God, I can't remember his last name. Uh, another guy and a third guy were Elks members. The Elks used to own the golf course out there where Atwood's big house is now. Yeah. That was a nine-hole golf course with sand greens. And my dad and uh, Johnny Bernard and one other guy owned that thing. They for they were Elks, and so they bought it and kept it going. And so I was first given a set of clubs when I was about six. Dad cut off three clubs. I had a I had a wood on a short shaft, and I had a putter, <laughs> and there was one other club, probably like a five iron, and they had sand greens. You have to mop a sand green to putt. Did you know that? No. Well, you hit it on the green, and the ball stops right there where it lands because it's an oiled sand. So you mark the ball where it was, and then you take this thing they called a mop, which was a, a round circular device like this, like a, like a push broom, but it was steel. And so it was heavy, and you'd drag it through the sand and make it smooth, and then you could putt toward the cup. So old, old school. And when you dragged the mop across the cup, the cup could be lifted out and the sand dumped out of it so you could putt into the cup. So how much do you, when you're in Palm Springs, how much do you golf? Every day. Every day. Every day. And I walk. Every day. That's I like, walk 18 so you, holes. So you keep, keep fit. To help you, too. Well, if, uh, <laughs> if, I, if I come down, I'd love to come down. Maybe, maybe we'll go. We'll just go to the driving range. You know, how to, you know how to get in touch with me. I'm, I'm, we love to have folks from Alaska come down, and we sort of limit the stay. You're welcome for a week. My, my, my dad used to always, uh, growing up, he used to always say, company is like fish. 
Yeah. After three days, it stays. Well, <laughs> we're a little more generous because people fly in on a weekend and leave on a weekend. So, and it's fun. And you go out to dinner and, you know, and, and you know, it, it's kind of, it's just nice when people come down. Do, 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 do you know Eddie? Eddie who? Fred, Rasmussen? No, no, no. Freddie's Sports Bar. Well, I do know him. We had to sue him to get the get him to pay the money over the aces. Eddie James. He's a buddy of mine. Him. He didn't pay the aces money he owed us, about 10 grand. Did he pay him? Did after, he, you did he pay, after you sued no, him? No, I had to send a guy out to garnish. He <laughs> dumped the till three or four times for him, but I got all my money. <laughs> when was this? He was the only guy who stiffed us. When was this? Well, a year, two years ago. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, anyway, he's down there too in the in the winter. So. Yeah, I know. Well, if I could get him to go visit the Salton Sea, and if it wasn't so salty, I'd drown his ass. <laughs> Well, I mean, how stupid. He, he clearly got the what, advertising. What did he owe money for? Advertising. Oh, okay. And he, it was for the, it was, it wasn't for the season we, the last, it was for the last season. And I sued him, and I, last season, and I sued him afterwards. So he had all the advertising, everything he bought, he got. But when we stopped, when we shut the aces down, because we were losing our ass, he didn't want to pay the bill from the year before. Everybody else, everybody. We thought we'd get collect you know some percentage of the you, total you, you were part owner of the aces weren't you yeah who else was it there was a couple somebody else terry parks jerry mackey jerry, oh, jerry yeah jerry mackey yeah my good buddy my, my buddy jerry how'd you, how'd you know that huh how'd you know we're buddies well jerry's buddies with everybody well, as long my, as they do what what he wants well, you to I, we, he was in a couple of videos we made and, and i would see him in juno so yeah i know i, Jer- I, I like jerry i do too He's, he he's, was my partner for 15 years he's a character yeah he yeah. so you him and ter- who else terry parks steve adams Al Haynes from up in the valley, um, the Anchorage Chrysler guy. I know. I know. Bob Lester was real excited when they had that that reunion game there last week. Yeah, he was real excited about that. Yeah, yeah. Lester gets excited easily. He does. Well, he's like me. <laughs> so, there's, is there any chance for a rebirth of a hockey team here in Anchorage? It's crazy how big hockey is in this state, in this town. You think we'd have a hockey team? I mean, right? You know how much Vegas it costs. You know Ve- how much it costs to fly a hockey team in and out of here? Yeah, probably a lot. What do you think? Alaska whole, uh, Airlines was a sponsor. A whole team? Yeah. And equipment and staff and... Right. and, 30, and gr- 30 grand? Yep. Right on. I just guessed... Look at how good I am, huh? I guessed that. I totally guessed that. Yeah, you probably knew it. You just... No, I, 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 no, I, th- oh, no, I thought about, I thought about about 20 players and gear, and I just did a little bit of there quick, you go. quick math. And Alaska Airlines was a sponsor, and we played for every other flight. But I mean, it's... So obviously, we made eight okay, trips a year, so it was a quarter of a million dollars. Obviously, Vegas, okay, Vegas, big city, right? Now they have, now they have a hockey team, but yeah. they're not... I mean, Nevada's not a hockey place. Vegas isn't a well, hockey... the whole country's a hockey place now, if you don't... If well, you haven't noticed, but it I'm really just, and truly is. It's true. I know hockey's getting a lot bigger, but I'm just saying, in a place like Alaska, where hockey's such a big thing, sport, you'd think we'd have a team. It cost too much. And the other players in the ECHL... That we played against the you know East Coast Hockey League. There was a merger, and they couldn't right, think right. of a better name, so it stayed the East Coast Hockey League, merged with the West Coast Hockey League. But they kept the name. But the point was, is there were teams all over the country, and uh, and if you got to come up here, thirty thousand bucks, and some teams had to come like in our division had to come twice, and we had to go out there twice. Now that is a lot of money, and yeah. there's not a lot of money in minor league sports. Plus. People stopped coming. When we first started, we had a full house probably for the first two years. Full house, you know, 6,000 people. Then we went to 5,000 for probably eight, nine years. And then three or four years of 4,000. And then we dropped below four. 
and we just it, we were broke. So we went three years at that level where, of attendance, where, and you just couldn't do it. Where they go? The East Maine or somewhere? Were they? Who? The oh, they're back somewhere in the East Coast. I forget where. We sold it for a half a million bucks and came out okay. That's just I, I just kind of I'd go to the games. It was always fun. It's too bad. Oh that, yeah. Only Bob Lester was a great announcer. <laughs> oh yeah, man, he was. I remember one time <laughs> he was doing the radio. And something happened, and he's on radio because I guess you know Jack Lester, whoever had been, wasn't there that night for some strange reason. And, and Lester was heard to say, "Ooh, ooh, ooh, look at that! <laughs> That's good <laughs> radio." <laughs> anyway, well, Dan, I want to thank you for coming and doing the podcast. Yeah, I think we should do, we should do another one of these. You have a lot lot to say, and you have uh, yeah. Well, you have to lot. visit Palm Springs before I'll come back. Oh uh, well, I'll I'll uh, I'll take you up on that. So All right. no, I've enjoyed it. It's fun to talk. Yeah, How no, long I, did we go? We did about 45 minutes, buddy. That's a, that's a good podcast, huh? Yeah, I've got a meeting of the board, of the executive committee of my little corporation. Well, you got to go back to the AGDC. Well, Dan, thanks for coming in. We'll, we'll do another one of these, okay? We'll be in touch, buddy. Appreciate it. Please do. Um, yeah, folks, Dan Coffee there. Appreciate you coming in, Dan. And uh, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, get a hold of me, and we'll talk to you next time. Landline.